When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Uh, it is my great displeasure to bring you what is probably going to be the most unpleasant episode of the season so far. Uh, as the Devils have been mired in a slump since our last episode, they actually... Um, I don't think they've recorded a win since our last episode, which was uh, five games ago. They, they have had a really tough run in there, um, according to the results. Maybe not as much in the play, but there's definitely some things we can talk about. And to help us, you know, to help me break those things down, I have, as usual, my co-host, John Fisher. And John, um, you know, after winning 13 games straight, you kind of get spoiled in a way where some people, and I'm shocked that this take was even floating around out there, are saying things like winning is boring. And to me, that's almost insulting considering the stress that the Devils fans have been put through the last couple of seasons. Whereas when we hit this five-game slump, yes, it comes at a terrible time where everybody else in the division seemingly has put together a win streak of five or more games, or at least six and seven, things like that. The Islanders are getting hotter. The uh, the Rangers have won six straight. The Hurricanes are still winning games. The Penguins are now four points behind the Devils. Uh, with seven straight wins. With seven straight wins. So the rest of the division getting really hot, just the Devils hit their first true blue slump of the year, is not something we want to see. And despite all of that, Despite losing five straight games, only getting a point in one of them, the Devils still remain in first place. They still remain the team to catch, and they still remain uh, playing the game in ways that would yield a lot of positive results. But now the bounces aren't going the way they had during the 13-game win streak. The The goaltending has not been as situationally excellent. It has still been pretty good for what the Devils have allowed but the discipline has not been as careful. We're seeing a lot of the same things leach in from the last couple of seasons when the Devils were starting to crest this notion of this is a good team, but they just can't get it together. Well, they had it together for a while, and in these last five games, it has come apart. Absolutely. So just to catch everybody up here, because, you know, it, it is sounds, for lack of a better word, unsportsmanlike for lack of a better term, yeah, that we're complaining this much about a team that's still sitting third in the league standings. Not mm-hmm. not the conference standings, the league. league standings. Yep. You know, the Devils currently have 44 points on 31 out of 31 games. That puts them in a point tie with Toronto, but the Devils have a game in hand on Toronto. Uh, but you're absolutely right. They're in a situation where they used to have double-digit leads. I could write my division snapshot starting with the Devils immediately because there would be no mathematical way for other teams to catch up. However, that has ended as the Devils have went winless in their last five games. And 
every as you said, everybody else has gotten hot. So to catch everybody up, here's what's been happening since the last time we had an episode back on December 1st. And I think you're going to start pointing out some themes as I pick up, pick up on some of these. Nashville, Devils get off to a poor start. Mm-hmm. Make a big comeback. Lose the lead literally with 10 seconds on the clock. Lose in overtime with some of the most ridiculous sequence of events you could ever see from Yegor Sharangovich, Nico Heischer, and Dougie Hamilton. Oh, and Vitek Vanacek as well. Mm-hmm. They lose that game 4-3 in overtime. Then on Saturday, they play Philadelphia. Ugly game. Terribly ugly game. A big mistake by Carter Hart yields an equalizer for Dawson Mercer, and Jack Hughes go, goes mask off, or mask on as it were, uh, to make it 3-1. Devils have to survive a scramble at the very end to win 3-2. Then, on Tuesday, the Devils seemingly righted the ship when they pretty much dominated Chicago for 60 mm-hmm. minutes in a 3-0 win. And then the winlessness started. Friday, at, at home to the Islanders, Devils score first and then it was islanders 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 occasional devils islanders featuring an epic seven minute empty net situation where the devils gave up no goals scored one goal by jack hughes dougie hamilton hit the crossbar twice and the devils dominated the run of play still lose six to four i was uh unfortunately in attendance for that one uh it wasn't fun no Um, it wasn't no and 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 that another pe- late goal, by the way, a late Correct. first period goal, which completely shifted the momentum. And again, late goal allowed against Nashville, late goal allowed against the Islanders, a late yep. goal allowed against the Rangers in their next game late in the period. Yeah, late in the first period, the Devils got off to a very fast start at, in Manhattan at the world's most overrated arena. And the Devils were cruising until Jonas Siegenthaler stepped up the wrong time, two on one against, it's two to one. And then the Devils kind of lose their mind again when uh, they take a penalty, shouldn't have needed to take the penalty, ends up with an Adam Fox long shot tipped in by Vincent Trocek. And then literally on the next shift, seven seconds later, Conjay Miller sets up Capo Caco for the equalizer. Like, guys, guys. Uh, it's it goes shades into... of the last three seasons for sure. When it rains, right. it pours. Right. And after a solid third period, goes overtime, Devils own the puck, and then Artemi Panarin gets it one time. Seth finds Philip Scheitel, who gets the puck one time and fires a near-perfect far post shot for the win. 4-3 overtime loss. That's your one point earned in this winlessness because mm-hmm. the next three games, all at home, Dallas, New Jersey, super low, low, low event in the first period as both teams played the prior night. And then Devils, uh, Dallas scores. D- Miles Wood gets a tip in in response. And then literally within the final seconds of the second period, a lost puck battle. Late Samiro Heskainen just rocking a shot goes bar down, but it stays out of the net. And Rupe Hints uh, touches it in. It's two to one. Devils couldn't solve Scott Wedgwood. Add two empty netters. It's a four and one loss. Thursday night against the Flyers, the Devils did literally everything but score. I'm sorry, the Devils did do everything but score against the Flyers. Outside of Jack Hughes torching everybody and giving Carter Hot the sauce early in the first period. Um, they couldn't solve Carter Hart. He was even, he made at least five saves with his helmet, Dan. Made his 48 mask was total very, saves. Like forty-eight. sometimes you're just going to get like legitimately goalied. And that, that was, was the case of that. And unfortunately, Damon Severson decides to be Damon Severson. Where again, at the macro level, you look at, you know, the, the underlying stats, expected goals, Corsi, um, 
attempt differentials, all that good stuff. Severson has always been very good by this regard, but the line on him has been over the course of a season or multiple games, Dan, Severson is a very positive player who will help you out. Yeah. The problem is that when he messes up, he messes up real bad. Yeah, and but you oh, can kind did of... He, he like, messed up real bad here. Even if you defend the decision to pass the puck where he did, he needed to execute there. He didn't execute. He got blocked away. Sends Travis Konechny out on a breakaway in a 1-1 game where the Devils are trying to solve Mr. Carter Hart, who's goalieing them. Konechny scores. That's the game. You lose 2-1 to the Flyers. And there's no question that that's a boneheaded move, but I would say that uh, Severson's worth was more than proven in the next game where the Devils didn't play him. He was That's scratched. Right. And uh, suddenly, almost every play was an odd man rush the other way. So of these losses, I would say the only two games where they got true blue outplayed was the Islander game and yesterday's game against the Panthers. Those yeah. two were the only games where they really, really got outplayed in the run of play for the most part. And that wasn't even true the entire Panther game, but Man, like the odd man rushes that they were giving up were completely uncharacteristic. So many high risk opportunities that like, yeah, the devil system lends itself to that because defensemen are always pinching, getting yep. involved, getting active. But it had never been this egregious. They'd never had this many opportunities allowed. And Schmid did what he could to keep them in the game. But again, another late period goal allowed was the backbreaker. They just really are yep. back on this trend that they've been, we've been seeing the last couple of years of allowing a late period goal that by all measures, the game is very much in hand, but it just shifts the momentum in a way where they're suddenly chasing it. They haven't been able to score to make up that difference. Teams are very much playing them more physically now. And while the devils, you know, don't shy away from that for the most part, it is starting to feel like it's making an impact, especially yesterday when they spent the entire time just cross-checking Heischer after he accidentally uh, hit, you know, Sasha Barkov's knee. Which didn't look great, but if you know anything about Nico Heischer, you know that that wasn't an intentional play. That is no. not something that he is like that he takes stock or pride in doing. I don't think he meant to hurt someone who he literally has cited as an influence for how he plays his position. So yeah. all these like Florida players who are coming after him, I get it. But the extent to which it was allowed to continue, not just by the Devils, but by the referees yesterday, was egregious. He was being cross-checked on every single play. And I don't really know how that was allowed to continue, but regardless, it seemed to get to the Devils. They couldn't have anyone else score. Um, Jesper Bratt has cooled off considerably. Jaeger yeah. Sharangovich cannot hit the net to save his life at this point. The amount of missed shots yesterday on amazing opportunities was terrible. They missed the net an egregious amount of times. Well, let's unpack a lot of this. Now, first yeah. and foremost, you're absolutely right. The Devils missed the net a lot against Florida, specifically 19 times officially. And you know that's just an official count. So the, the true number may be even higher. Um, and 19 is a very large amount of pucks to miss, especially and when these you're are going, especially high quality when you, opportunities. Well, regardless of the quality of the opportunity, Dan, it's just a lot of wasted pucks. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going up against Sergei Bobrovsky, who hasn't had a great season. You know, he's very beatable. Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you don't put the puck on net. It's simple yeah. as. Now, as far as the physical stuff, well, Philadelphia went, tried to go for extra physical against the Devils, and they gave up 49 shots. Mm -hmm. So I'm not terribly worried about that. The one thing that does concern me is that Nico Heischer accidentally hurt Barkov. That's, mm -hmm. in me, you know, that's that's not debatable. Yep. So Heischer's getting pounded, 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 pounded. Nobody on the Devils 
is trying to jump in. Save for Dawson Michael Mer- McLeod. No, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. In the third period, yeah. After I can't remember if it was offside or a puck out of play, uh, Dawson or Bobrovsky froze. Dawson Mercer gets hooked by Ekblad. Yep. And then this causes McLeod to basically lose his mind. Mm-hmm. And then you know the Devils were going to get a power play. And then that got evened up. But thankfully, Sam Lomberg decided to throw off his helmet and try to start a fight and basically jump at somebody and j- jaw jack at his... Ryan Lomberg, right? Ryan Bar- Lomberg. Look, the point is, is that they did... Somebody, quote-unquote, stood up for Mercer. Where was this earlier in the game for Heischer? I don't know. They, they haven't really had issues. Like, when Miles Wood took that hit in the Islanders game, people were definitely flocking to you know, help out right away. There, there, that yeah. did not, McLeod, not McLeod jumped in right away. And that was a yeah. clean hit too. That it was a clean like... hit. There's no doubt like that. That was a good hit. And it was also a good response to be like, Hey, can't hit our guys like that. But again, nothing illegal about it. I think anyone watching that was like, Oof, that was a tough hit to take, but I, I definitely wasn't mad about the legality of it. I think he just should have had his head up, but right. um, man, like the same like discipline problems that stupid penalties like unnecessary stuff and the the biggest offender in the stretch have been who it's been brendan smith for sure mm-hmm. um it's been alex holt has been taking penalties left and right because that's what you do when you can't keep up you try to slow people down illegally well not 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 in holt's case both of his penalties this they, they were well, one was an offensive zone penalty yeah against the islanders that ruined yeah, the he... game for them he hooked Matt Martin after he made two, three good plays. Yep. The other penalty was he knocked Anthony DeAngelo's stick out of his hand for no good reason in the neutral mm-hmm. zone. So it's not that he's not keeping up. It's just that he's not playing smart. He's not thinking. And, he, and no. it seems like Nate Bastion was a significant amount of glue holding this team together. From eh. You know, it, it wasn't a... um. Listen, it's probably not the case from a hockey perspective, but I don't know because... Suddenly we were talking about all these games that they, you know, learn how to play, but they are also learning how to close games out and win. And they have completely forgotten how to close games out. Well, okay. First, first, okay. Again, lots to unpack here. So let's go back to that Florida point. Cause you made yeah. a really good point. And this is something I believe is a problem. And I've actually done the work to demonstrate that it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Period goals. Yep. The devils have allowed 11 of them. Brutal. <laughs> 11 within the last five minutes. Of a period so in this in this month alone, they've allowed 24 of those types of goals within the whole season. Mm-hmm. Now, you would argue, well, John, you know, other teams, they could allow goals in the last five minutes, too. True. But the point is, is that in the case of the Devils, 24 goals allowed is roughly just under a third of all the goals they have allowed this season. And it's coming in the final quarter of a period. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, you know, bracket it even shorter, they should say the last three minutes, the last four uh, last two minutes, you know, this month has definitely been real bad for the Devils since with within just the final minute alone, Dan, they gave up two against Nashville, mm-hmm. which were important goals, uh, one of which was the game time goal that forced overtime. They allowed a last minute goal in the first period to the Islanders Tigers lead to which you said turned a 1-1 game into a 2-1 game, and then the Islanders blew up and owned the second period. And it was against- 2-1 against the run of play, which was extra demoralizing because the Devils dominated yeah. that first period. They did. Now, and then against Dallas, where both teams woke up for the second period and they both played high-octane, high-tempo hockey, hence his goal was not only the game winner, but it also, again, put the Devils down 2-1. Mm-hmm. So that's four alone with, I'm sorry, now five, 
when you add in Reinhardt's tip in on a play where Nico Heischer gets the stick knocked out of his hands. It's in mm-hmm. the corner. So he's kind of in no man's land. The devils get a stop, but then they play the puck towards Heischer who doesn't have a stick. Oh, the clearances were awful it. yesterday. Awful. Yeah, they, mean, they could not get the puck out. I mean, again, right. that but was one larger, of the two games where they got legitimately outplayed. Right. But the larger point here is that we're talking about five times within the last three weeks here. Yeah, This isn't just some sort of, oh, this happened once. Now I think it happens all the time. No, there's some legitimacy to this being an actual problem. And mm-hmm. this was actually a problem also at the first month of the season in October where the Devils were likely to give up goals late in periods. Um, and this may shock you, Dan. The Devils tend to lose most of the games where they do this uh, only in the games where they're able to rack up four five, six goals without even blinking. Are they able to get points out of those types of games? So the larger and they can't issue... do that anymore. Like they, before well, there was this notion of they're able to come back from pretty much any deficit. Right. But the I point... don't feel that way anymore. Well, first things first, first, you got to stop the bleeding, right? Yeah. As you said, the issue is with discipline and discipline. Isn't just a code word just for penalties and fouls. It's mm-hmm. also, making sure your clearances get out of the zone. It's making sure your passes are on target. It's making sure you're making good reads. Discipline is basically another way of saying paying attention to details because that's usually the difference between what is and is not a foul, what is and is not a good play, what is and is not a bad break. You could argue the Reinhardt tip-in is a bad break. I mean, the guy knifed the puck in the middle of the air. Okay, fine. Tip your hat to Reinhardt there. Mm -hmm. But stuff to like leaving Lee open or having Granlin get behind you within the final 10 seconds of the game or Colton Sissons, you know, not being tied up and not having a stick tied up, you know, stuff like that makes the difference between ending a period tied or only going down one goal to being down by two goals or being, you know, going down into the intermission with a deficit instead of a tied game. And also allowing two goals in seven seconds is a lack of discipline. It is. Joseph Brokfus got creamed on the faceoff, but there's still four other devils. Kako yep. was o- wide open. Help me understand why that had to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and this also implicates the coaching staff, too, um, in the sense that these things keep happening. And yet, you know, so far the changes have just been where we're going to change up the lines. We're going to change this. During this stretch of games that we've talked about, we've seen Lindy Ruff basically shorten his bench to three forward lines mm-hmm. for some inexplicable reason and then say, well, we need four lines to roll. My dude, you're the head coach. You put the lines together. <laughs> if you're not happy with the performances, that's one thing, but y- you can roll four lines whenever you want to, but you got to do it. You can't just play Alexander Holtz three minutes and then go, well, he didn't do anything for us. Well, he played three minutes. What do you expect? Yeah. Um, nevertheless, everybody's frustrated right now. And going back to the other issue of what you just said about, well, the Devils seemingly can't come back. I think they can. I, I think in some of these performances, they definitely are putting up the shots. They're putting up you know, chances. They're getting to the net. They're crashing in the net almost to a fault. I think if there's one thing I would change offensively, I would try to get them to forecheck more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that they were doing during their winning streak that was remarkably effective. But right now it seems that the only player on the Devils that is doing this with some sort of consistency is Jack Hughes. Dawson and, Mercer. <laughs> and Dawson Mercer. But they play, they've been playing also on the same line. So yeah. it's that one line. You need that from a Heischer. You need that from a Brat. You need that from even, even their fourth, third and fourth lines just to at least make the other team understand that they don't just get a free breakout here, but you possibly get those stolen pucks or those, you know, those turnovers in the neutral zone that could generate the type of offensive situations that the devils have scored on for up until this past week. Um, You know, yeah. if you want to, 
like the thing here is that right now the Devils are legitimately in a slump, and this happens to everybody at some point. Dallas was a high-scoring team. They have struggled to score goals in a couple of their games recently. Washington got goalied on Thursday night just as the Devils were getting goalied, ironically by Dallas, who mm-hmm. scored a, who won their game on a goal off of somebody's butt. Um, well, this is where you'd love like the the you'd have to think about the fact that the Devils added the second most expensive winger in the offseason and he's played two games for them still. So there's someone that could really pick up some secondary scoring when he's back. That's that's something that yeah, but we again, should be looking for as well. But again, right. But but again, you can't just thing, dry up all at once. No. And the thing is, it hasn't fully dried up all at once. Like Dougie Hamilton is still able to get on the board regularly. Jack Hughes has been has been the one consistent guy to at least make a play and score a goal. Even in games where they double score one goal, he, he has scored it or mm-hmm. he has been involved in it. You know, my concern is the guys like Heischer, Brat, Tatar. Uh, Eric Hall finally got a goal for the first time in 13. That guy is so cursed, though. I mean, listen, he yeah, got but his the point... goal in what's the equivalent of, like, hockey garbage time, and it wasn't even quite garbage time. But the if mm. he could situationally score a goal, oh, man, that would be nice because he's had so many opportunities to completely swing the momentum of a game with the right, puck on his point... stick, and it hasn't happened. Right, but the larger point here is that, as you said, uh, it's a slump, and therefore yeah. lots of guys who have been producing and have been contributing – They've been few and far between. And unfortunately, there's not really much of a thing you could do about it. You could shuffle the lines as much as you want um, until Jesper Bratt realizes that he's in a contract year and probably should, you know, perform a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yes, I know I'm complaining about a guy with 30 points and 31 games here, but hey, if you want the big money, you got to produce. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, you can't claim to be the best player in the NHL by some doofus on Twitter. Um, and then per turn in this type of week where he mm-hmm. was largely invisible. Yes. Um, it's simple as that. Um, no, the thing here is that games like the Philadelphia game, the game against our hated rivals, um, those are performances that I would still say are they're good performances. I would take those performances to the bank. You probably win some of those games if you mm-hmm. ran them over again. And even the Dallas game wasn't that bad. It was it was kind of even-ish uh at times. Winnable. But, Let's but call it was it winnable. winnable. Mm-hmm. No, games like the Florida game, the Islanders game got out of hand. The Devils got dominated in the second period by the Islanders. Yeah. And that first game against Philadelphia was just ugly all around. Um, you know, that's the type of game that you and I have been saying, and many other of the people who matter have said is that uh, well, in an 82 game season, you're gonna have nights like that. Well, we're we're having those nights right now. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately they're coming in a row again. Correct. And that's the harsh part. That that's the part that hurts because as you pointed out at the top of the show, you know, the devils are now barely holding on to first place. Um, they basically used up their cushion as the rest of the division has gotten hot and um are chasing the devils here. I do well, say that let, let's not forget also that the goal of this year was never win the division. No, the streak it wasn't. was a really, really nice thing to happen. And that was really fun. But at the end of the day, this team needs to just improve and making the playoffs is step one of that. You have to do it at this point where you started the season like that. You have to make sure you are not the first team to have a 13 game win streak and not make the playoffs. So Really, you still got to maintain focus and remember that you've achieved nothing so far through a 13-game win streak. It happened at the beginning of the year. It didn't change anything. 
Yeah. Well, I would argue that change perceptions point, around the league. Well, not only change perceptions, I would go as far as say is change expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. Like at the beginning of the season, I was worried that this team was going to repeat the pro- the previous two seasons and Lindy Ruff would be fired by now. Obviously, that has not happened. And I don't think that's going to happen unless the Devils lose, I don't know, 13 games in a row just to pick a random number. Um I will say that because of the winning streak, the expectations are now very different. It's mm-hmm. you should be making the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you you do not want to be the one team that has a 13 game winning streak and then just plotses for the remainder of the season. I've even done the math and, and pointed out that if you play 500 hockey, you're going to take 96 points out of the rest of the season. That's generally enough to make the wild card. And, you know, a couple wins a couple extra wins here and there and you get a hundred point season and you're pretty much a lock for making the playoffs in the East. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ultimately it's right now it feels awful. You know, like any other slump, you feel like the Dells can't do anything right. Bounces are going against them. They're not getting the bounces their way. Um, You know, the goaltending hasn't been super perfect, which by the way is about to get real interesting real soon, Dan. Mm. Mackenzie Blackwood is recovering. Mackenzie Blackwood has not only recovered, Dan, but he was sent to Utica on a conditional assignment, and he has been recalled last night. Oh, boy. So he is now back with New Jersey. His conditional stint is over. First first game was bad yeah. in Utica for Blackwood. Second game, much better. My concern is that All Blackwood right. is going to come back, <laughs> and the Devils are going to continue to slump, and then people are going to go, well, it's because Blackwood came back. It's like, no, my dude, they, they're winless in their last five games without him. Yeah, he, Blackwood may not be an answer. And, and weirdly enough, if you want Blackwood to be traded away for, mm-hmm. I don't know, let's say a high, a scoring winger or some sort of forward depth because mm-hmm. Oakvist and Holtz and et cetera are not pulling their weight. Well, you need Blackwood to be good. You need, you, you know, no one's going to trade for a junkie goaltender. They're not going to give up an asset of value for nothing. So you want Blackwood to come back at some point and play well. It, it kind of stinks for Akira Schmidt because he did everything possible to stay in the NHL, but one guy is waiver ineligible and the other guy isn't. And that yeah. guy, and that's just how it goes. And it's even more crushing, Dan, when you look ahead to the upcoming week. Dan, have you mm. seen this week's schedule? Oh, I have. It's very unpleasant. Uh, it this is incredibly unpleasant. Week- uh, let, let's just I don't know the exact order, but this week oh. features uh, it features Tampa, Carolina, nope. Florida again nope. and two, nope. oh, not Tampa. Sorry. No, 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 no. Here, here's here's this week going into Christmas. Tuesday well, night. Yeah. Tuesday night at Carolina. At Carolina. Carolina. At Carolina, who, by the way, Carolina is right behind the Devils in the standings. Yeah. By the way, they're playing Pittsburgh uh, today as we're recording this on Sunday. On Wednesday. On at Florida, right? At Florida on TNT, and I got to think that game is going to have a lot of heat. A lot of chippiness. A lot of of beef. You know, if you you didn't get your Christmas ham yet, just turn on TNT at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There may be a lot of meat on the the ice there because I think the Panthers are still mad about Barkov. Uh And Fabian Netherland's playing, so there's a lot of meat on the ice. Well, of course. He's the school sweet. He just lifts everybody up. Anyway, on Friday, the Devils come back to the Rock, and they are hosting Boston, the best team in the league. Number one, mm. the, the the best, L- literally, literally, they have a five point lead over everybody else at minimum. They have a goal differential of plus 50, Dan. They're yeah. there now to be fair, to be fair, Dan, they are eight and four on the road as we're speaking right now. So it's entirely possible Boston could be beaten, but given the state <sighs> of the devils right now. Yeah. 
I don't think so. No, this is a nasty set of three games in four nights. And you know Zaka is going to score at least once. Well, if the Devils, if he does it when the Devils are up five, five nothing, then fine. fine. I don't. That'll be classic. Yeah, but the point is here is that you're playing the team that's chasing you directly, chasing you in the standings. You're playing Florida again. By the way, Mm -hmm. as a general point, Florida is the most confusing team in the league, Dan. Yeah. Because Florida has awesome on-ice metrics at five-on-five. Their goaltending in general hasn't been that bad. Mm -hmm. They clearly have talent. They're clearly a quality team, Dan. So how in the world is this team, this Florida team, sitting at 15-13-4 and and outside of the wildcard spots by at least three points? It's hard to say, but again, like they're, they're better than the record suggests, but still, like... The devil's opportunity to bank points was in these, you know, in the game where they had the Rangers on the ropes, where they had the Flyers. They they have these opportunities against these teams before they run into a stretch like this to continue to bank points, and they didn't do that. Correct. So now you have to bank your points in these games. Like playing Boston twice before the new year, that's going to shift the dynamic of the conference entirely, depending on how those games go. Again, you've mentioned Carolina. They got the Penguins coming up as well. On the so 30th. Yeah. It's just it's just so there's a lot of implications near the top of the standings show yourself that yes, I know it's a five game losing streak. Don't let it become longer. It's, it's the thing where we already didn't want it to become longer when it reached three, we figured, you know, Philadelphia is coming in. Okay. This is the time to end it. That was the opportune moment. It didn't happen. So now what are you going to do now? How are you going to respond? You enjoyed winning 13 games, but are you going to remember how to do it? Are you going to be disciplined? Are the leaders in the locker room going to actually step up and make sure that it doesn't become longer? Because that's what the Devils have been susceptible to. When it rains, it pours, not just in-game, but in the schedule, in the standings too. So yep. how will they avoid that this time? What can they do differently? That's what we're going to hope to see over the next couple of games. Absolutely. Now, just as just as kind of an ender, a little more positive, Dan. Mm-hmm. A little more positive. Yep. Prospects. I just yes. want to give shout-outs. First and foremost, to Josh Philman, who dropped a double hat trick mm-hmm. in the WHL recently. Congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one in the WHL, I believe, since Tyler Ennis did it. Yep. So good for Philman. Second, uh, the Christmas tradition is coming, Dan, or maybe mm-hmm. I should say the Boxing Day tradition, the World Junior Championships. Yes. yes, there's a second one. Yes, this one will have relegation. And yes, this one will feature Devil's Prospects. Yes, many um, of them. Several of them. So Tyler Brennan didn't make Canada, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate, but he made it to camp. So at least he was considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one is obviously America, our country. With Luke this captain. Hughes. Luke Hughes is the captain. Mr. Character Issues himself mm-hmm. is your captain of the World mm-hmm. Junior Championship. And Seamus Casey has also made this roster, which is a big a bit of a surprise to me because I figured, well, you already have Luke Hughes and you have Lane Hudson. Yep. Do you really need Seamus Casey too? And the American uh, setup, the national team setup said, yes, we do. So he is off to uh, Halifax and Moncton for the tournament. So congratulations to Hughes and Casey. Mm-hmm. I believe Peter Hauser did make the Czechia roster. So mm-hmm. he will represent for the Czechs. Uh, uh, Simon Nemec is being loaned out to Slovakia, so he will be representing his country as well. Mm-hmm. And I am trying to think off the top of my head if there's anybody else I am missing. Well, well that's the crazy part of these devils, oh, yes. right? Like, Topias Valen. Oh, heard, that's right. I almost forgot. Topias Valen surprisingly did make Finland's national team for the World Junior Championships. He's been playing at Latte for Pelicans, and uh, Valen was definitely a standout from camp. 
uh, from the development camp earlier this year. Valen did make that roster, so congratulations to him. So there are going to be several Devils to watch at the upcoming World Junior Championships. Should be a lot of fun. These games are always fun to watch. So if you have some time during the day, during the evening, go watch some international hockey. Well, yeah, as I was going to say, um, this uh, we have so many exciting prospects that really the exciting part in the NHL implication is that the Devils' two best players are – or prospect wise are both defensemen. Um, so that bodes well for the state of the team in the future. When we're talking about players like, I don't know, a Brendan Smith or a Damon Severson or a, perhaps a Ryan Graves becoming expendable. They have these guys right in the pipeline, ready to go. So it's really cool to see just how strong the system is with the main club, finally manifesting some of that into success, uh, at least at the beginning of the season. So yeah, that's cool. I like yeah, that. It- yeah, and it's always fun to see, like, for for lack of a better term, sort of like a validation. Be like, yes, this pick was good. Yes, you know, we're we're there's a reason to be excited about this player. Like, this is an under twenty tournament, so most of the players in these tournaments they've been drafted. It's best on best here. Um, it's not the end all be all of a player player success, but it is a good thing to you know make these rosters and to play in these types of high high. Um, what's the word highly visible uh, competitions here. And on top of that, this tournament should be extra loaded because you've got many of the top prospects from the 2023 draft involved in Connor Bedard and mm-hmm. Infantili um, Leo Carlson for Sweden, who's, you know, another fantastic uh, center coming out of this, uh, this year's crop. You've got, um, I don't think he made it. Oh, Charlie Stramel did make it for America. So good for him. He could be, uh, he's in the running with uh, Will Smith and other guys to be the top American uh, at the draft. So you're going to see plenty of future talent as well in this tournament, uh, in addition to guys who've been drafted and have been, you know, growing their games, developing with the future of making it to the show. Yeah, well, th- this is the time to see it. And again, this time around, actually, it's not the only investment the Devils fans can actually have during the holiday season, which is nice to think about. In the past, we would point you to the World Junior Championship and say, hey, uh, let's take a look at the future of the Devils since we don't want to talk about the present too much. But yeah. it is kind of nice to have both and have the ability to bridge both this time around. Uh, I-, I do have to still be thankful for that. Absolutely. So, Dan, let me ask you one final question. Go on. The Devils have five games remaining in 2022. They have at Carolina, at Florida versus Boston. And then after Christmas, they'll host Boston again and then go to Pittsburgh on the 30th. Mm-hmm. How many of those five games, Dan, do you think the Devils are going to win? I don't care how. Could be shootout, could be overtime, could be regulation, however you want. Mm-hmm. How many? Hedge and say two. Okay. I think they'll win three somehow. Okay. I hope so. I mean, I, I hope so they too. win more, but uh, yeah, I'll take five. You know, yeah. I'm not going to complain. You know, listen, I'm not going to say no if someone's offering, but yeah, regardless, I think um, it's a tough, tough schedule, which makes me really hopeful for the days where they'll run into Columbus four times in a row. That'll be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but we'll see. All right. Thank you again for joining us. I think that brings us to the end of this, uh, the most disappointing episode so far, but we're hoping things turn around. So, as always, let's go Devils, and we'll catch you next time. It does get busy around the holiday season, so I'm not sure exactly uh, when the episode will come out, but we'll try to get at least one more out before the end of the calendar year 2022. All right, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.